Guys, welcome to my fields. Man, you got like my heart palpitating. It's, it's got that new era palpitation. You, you ever had that like where you, you do like one of the most epic shows ever and, and, and you're sitting there in the afterglow just, God damn, that was a good show. It was a good show, man. Freaking, uh, head standing room only. Freaking first show back in the last, we had to take the last two months off. Because of uh, COVID, but we're, we're back. Doing... We're back. We're freaking handling business and freaking the people were loving it. Man, there's only two people that have touched Bridget. No, you. No, three people. Me, you, and um, Nikita. Uh, at this one, at this one thing I did, but I was okay. I was filming the new set at New Era show. And I noticed there was a family standing, and they, the dad had tattoos on his face and a Bullet Club shirt on. She had a WWE shirt on. The little boy had, I, I can't remember what shirt he had on. Obviously there for the show. Mm-hmm. The stand, I, the, the stand I, I jury-rigged to help me film was not the most uh, secure thing. I, I had to have everything, like... I had to have my hands and elbows in certain places at all times. Gotcha. And I, I, I set her down. She didn't fall. Run over the lady. Do you guys not have chairs? No. Listen. Hold her. <laughs> Don't touch her. Just hold the stand and put your hand here. I let a fourth. I let a stranger touch Bridget. And I, I haul ass and I go grab some chairs and they're like, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm like, don't thank me, thank you. Like, like enjoy the show. Like, and, and like, they, like they, they came up and shook my hands afterwards, man. Like, thank you, you, like, you know, like they were in the back. It was, it was standing room only. Like, we ran out of chairs. <laughs> yeah, it always, uh, always is a fantastic feeling to know that freaking you're doing something right because people keep on coming in. Uh, they kept they kept on coming in, and the girls uh, we had are are two best. We've got uh, Irene and uh, uh, the lovely lovely Miss Candice was back for us for just one night. Here's to Miss Candice, love you, love you, Babs. <laughs> they made sure people just coming in. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, no, things were things were popping, man. Freaking, it was a great show. Freaking. Uh... Hit that sweet spot of just at two hours, which is, you know, what you shoot for. You know, always leave them wanting a little bit more. You know, we got our main event set up for next show. We got uh, Joey Kincaid, the new era heavyweight champion, defending his belt against a new number one contender, freaking Hunter Gray. And we're going to, you know, it's going to be, you know, titles on the line plus uh, Kincaid's career. You know, this is a guy that. I've known since I started in the wrestling business. Uh, I believe uh, my third day of training, he actually powerbombed me on a uh, flaming trash can lid. That's Fun awesome. story. Uh, freaking, but didn't help. Freaking, you know, that's just how things were done back then. And freaking, you know, became one of my best friends. Was the uh, best man at my wedding, and now freaking. You know, could be his last match. So it'll be uh, real interesting to see what happens. No, that's awesome, man. It's funny because, like, we're... I'm, 
it's it's one of the things that I when I got into the business was I I wanted to make sure I didn't lose my love of the product and like while I'm focused doing production filming taking photos there were some there were I want to say about five or six different moments that night where even working production I was like god damn and then they hear that voice in my head like no step out of it you're filming <laughs> you're filming like you stay still <laughs> Duffer comes out and we're already on the jazz. It's every everything's gone really well so far. And we hear Cotton Eye Joe, and I'm like, I I, I almost headbang. I had, I'm like, wait a minute, stay still. You're filming. <laughs> You're filming. Um, lot of lot of good nights. Uh, a lot of good points of that show, man. And uh, uh, Daddy Doom made the debut of a of a new uh, a new wrestler. What was her name? Um, Athena Strada. Yeah, she uh, debuted at New Era, but she's in wrestling. I think almost a decade at this point. Freaking, uh, she wrestles mainly for her father's fed, Hugo's, in Denver. It's a Lucha Libre fed. And, yeah, she's a second-generation wrestler. Freaking, and she put on a show. Nice. Definitely uh, something outside of Daddy Doom's wheelhouse. But, uh, you know, as she does, she adjusts nicely and, you know, freaking pulled out the victory. Are you comfortable with talking about some of the things we've been scouring the footage for? No. Okay, we will not talk about that yet. Yeah, we don't need to bring that up here. No, we won't bring it up here. Uh, but don't go into business for yourself if you're in the crowd at a wrestling show. Just don't do it. Regardless, all the other stuff, amazing. Duffer got me on the jazz. Um, like we said, standing room only. I I didn't realize that uh, Doctor Silver was coming out, even though we're, I I thought we were gonna uh, take a little break on that, and uh, that was nuts. The crowd wanted him dead. Yeah, no, uh, you know, people are people are very um, interesting towards Doctor Silver. They either love him or you know hate him. I love him. I love the bad guy. Speaking of bad guys. Yeah. Speaking of bad guys, oh. rest in peace. Yeah, you know, sadly we lost uh, you know the bad guy Scott Hall. You know he's a. Uh, I think everyone's kind of got a favorite Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon moment. You know he's been wrestling since the mid '80s and freaking, you know when you have that kind of you know staying power, it's hard not to. Definitely elicit um, emotions from the people around you. You know, he's the reason I have a toothpick oh, holder on me all the time. I always have toothpicks on me all the time. Uh, Facebook, oh, nice. Facebook memories told me today that four years ago I posted a meme about the reason I I throw toothpicks at you is because of because of the bad guy. Like, hey, man. I mean, everybody, uh, yeah, everybody's kind of got a, a story for sure, man. Freaking, yeah, he's definitely insanely influential, both in and out of wrestling. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's good to see that you know, at the end of the day, he was able to kind of take back his life a little bit. Yeah. Did knowing you, the, uh, the DDP, stuff he's been through. Did you watch the DDP? Uh, no, no, it was not. Well, DDP was in it. The, uh, 
The resurrection of uh, resurrection of Jake the Snake, yeah. Jake the Snake. Yeah. Yep. Like he was in a wheelchair then. Brought him back from the brink, man. Like I loved watching that. Like that, that's that's some hard shit, man. Like I mean, you have to wrangle me in, and I've got some kind of problems, but not like that. <laughs> no. No. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. When you got that much going on, man, sometimes you freaking just. You know, you know, it's good to see that he was able to get that handled before he passed, though. You know, at least, you know, Lord knows how long it would have. They probably freaking extended his life. Yeah, good point. Good point. And we got we got him for as long as we could. And, uh, rest in peace. I hate that rest in power shit, man. Like just rest in peace and pass on and go do something amazing in the next life. <laughs> like, go go do something amazing and. You know, hopefully, wherever we go in the next dimension, we get to see Razor Ramon again to the next level. Hmm. Very much so, man. Freaking, it's, you know, it's sad when that happens, but, you know, part of life, you just got to freaking, you know, it's one of those things, man. You never take any day for granted. You never know. Agreed. Uh, I want to go back to the, the New Era show. Um, we got a new sound guy. Um Brought in some extra speakers, uh, using my DJ stuff, and it was such an intelligent move for not me having to handle that all at the same time with all the other stuff. But the best part about it is you and Nate were so loose. You were so loose, like there were like you were so in the zone. I looked at you like eight, nine times when like I, I had to like shut my mouth and put my my hand over my mouth because I was laughing my ass off because your commentary with Nate was so loose, so off the cuff. It wasn't you guys weren't some dumbass radio DJs, man. Uh, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke. You guys had me rolling. Uh which would not have occurred if Nate wasn't cuz you know Nate was controlling the sound. Uh, yeah, Nate's focusing on three things at once and yeah. No, it was a uh... Yeah, it was definitely definitely a relief. Freaking, it was kind of nice to have somebody there to completely handle that. So we had one less thing to worry about as well. Yep. Definitely kind of, you know, was able to throw some stuff out there I hadn't been able to throw out there before. And it, it was, it was definitely, it was more enjoyable. Freaking, you know, trying to find that right, that right level to get. Which you want, the points you want to get across while still being entertaining, yet not taking away from the match in and of itself is uh, definitely an art form. I agree. And you know, be, knowing when and where to let loose to where you can get away with it without taking away from the action in the ring, especially with the live commentary, it's one thing for. That's a difficult thing to do because it can. I think for using, using it using it for blockbuster, but. Doing it in, with the actual, where the live crowd can hear, completely different beast. I, I've heard that a lot of people don't like like the live commentary, but I, I I really enjoy it because the first time I went to a RAW, I realized I couldn't hear the commentary, and it bothered me. It like it, it bothered me. I can see how it can distract the wrestlers. Uh, I I get it, but if you're a professional, like we are at Nura. It don't matter. They they go and they get the job, job done. Way to kick some ass. Um, 
again, no smoke. You guys were legit hilarious. It, it wasn't bullshit radio TJ. Like, oh, we got color here. We're going to make a stupid pun here. And we're going to get this over. And that's a joke. I'm like, yeah, shut up. Nah, you guys are hilarious. Yes, job. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we definitely, uh, you know, we definitely do our best with what we got. And, you know, freaking known. I've known Nate. Since I was probably, I knew Nate actually wrestled on the very the second Colorado Indie show I ever saw, and freaking uh, you know, been friends with him ever since I actually got a chance to meet him. You know, and that's going like I said, probably nineteen twenty years at this point. Well, we got Eye of the Storm coming up Saturday, April 9th, 2022 at Mount High Comics at 4600 Jason Street, Denver, Colorado. Family-friendly. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Showtime, 7. Tickets, general admission, $15. Underage, under $7, $10. NewEraProWrestling.com. And Jason knocked this flyer out the park. Oh, yeah, no, excellent flyer. Freaking... Jason does uh, top work. Freaking can't complain about that guy at all. No, I just—he's I, I, got the fonts down. He's got, and it's not just because it's all my, well, mostly my photos. <laughs> I'm just—I'm just loving what I'm looking at. He just—it's just gorgeous. It's—it's it's so not the standard uh, wrestling flyer. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely not. Any uh, final thoughts before we move on to some comic books and some other? No, nah, man. Uh, like I said, great show. Looking forward to the next one. Freaking uh, got at least no. I think we got at least one, maybe two new debuts. So we'll be you know unveiling matches in the next week or so. So cool. You know that we definitely gotta definitely gonna get keep that role going and. Keep on having kick-ass shows. We hit social media hard as if for the couple weeks up. Like, photos, videos, updating the website. Like, we hit it hard. I think we did a good job. Oh, we did, yeah. Definitely agree. Uh, we, we did. Every, everyone showed up ready to perform. And guys, uh, wrestlers out there, if you... Are interested in new era? Uh, like you know, we know the owners, so just uh, email uh, the. Uh, I gotta change the email. Um, by the way, it's just gonna be you and me, pretty much for the rest of the year. Oh wow! Colin is working oh. on a television show, uh, directed and starring Sylvester Stallone. Well, that's awesome, man. Good for, good for him. That's awesome. It's it's super awesome. He pretty much is only going to be available on the weekends. So if we're going to do some random stuff, got to make sure we include him on the weekends. But uh, we always get uh, mindfulness comic episodes uh, Wednesday or Thursday, or sometimes Friday, depending on how much limit has been pushed. Uh, but um, nice. Yeah, it's at the the email for Minefields uh, is Colin and Josh at minefieldscommonspodcast dot com. So if uh, you're hoping to get booked, you know, send us your reel, your sizzle. We'll send it over to the owners and we'll we'll figure it out. Nice, nice. It's Colorado, man. This place is great. Why not come here? We do have mountains. We've got mountains. We got that tasty ass air. We got rosy cheeked women. We 
We got beautiful mom and pop breakfast places. A thousand fucking comic stores. We got seven in Colorado Springs alone. Phenomenal. Uh, best one being Ed's. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, speaking of which, man, freaking went on the hunt today. Found a... Uh, Found some goodies. Freaking uh, good times, man. Freaking did a couple of local shops. Got a freaking, let me see here. I got a Uncanny X-Men 136. Oh, that's beautiful. Part of the, part of the Dark Phoenix saga. Freaking got a, had a pretty good little X-Men score today. Freaking finally actually completed my run of the 300. So I now have... Everything from, I believe, X-Men 194 through issue 400. I was telling, uh, I had a team meeting today at work today, and like, oh, it's been up to you, and like, uh, I was just thinking about something uh, one of my best friends was telling me about, and uh, what are you talking about? That if you're a Batman comic book collector, you're screwed. funny x-men too so x-men too but like lay it out man like th- this this was just like when you said bill gates money like you weren't fucking wrong well that's the, the like, like, i think i saw this thing i can't unfortunately i can't remember who the guy is so i can't give him credit but it was uh 10 basically 10 reasons why being um a batman collector sucks and one of them was uh you got to know when to you know how far back do you want to go like, cause you're never, and no matter, and another one was, uh, how far, like, no matter how good you get, you're never going to get those cherries. You're never going to get the how first appearance of Batman. Can you go? You're never going to get the first appearance of the Joker, of Catwoman, of, you know, um, Commissioner Gordon. You're, you're just not. Cause you need that. You need stupid money to be able to get Batman number one Bill Gates or money. Detective Comics 27. You know, and that's, you know, it's awesome. But, like, at the same time, like, I've, uh, my goal for Batman right now is everything from issue 400 to current. And I have collected the entire run of the 400s except for one issue. I've got the entirety of the 700s because it only goes to 713 before we go into Flashpoint. And then I've got everything flashpoint on. I have all because I've got all the. Uh, I've actually I've got two through five of a flashpoint. I'm collecting each individual side story as well, and I've got issue one coming in the mail, so I should have that by next show. Now I have a theory about this, and don't despair, Batman fans. The comics that you really want. Yeah, you gotta have some Bill Gates money to fucking get all the goddamn, all the books, all detective. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that your idea of a c- complete collection is all detective and all of Batman. In theory, yes. In theory, like, right yes. now it's just like I said, it's bad. Right now the goal is Batman 400 to current and the detective 550 to current, with the occasional. Uh, extra issue depending on where I can find them. Right, right. Now, here's the thing though. Uh, the comics you're not going to get, like you said, you're not going to get the first Joker, you're not going to get the first Penguin, you're not going to get the first Iceman, uh, uh, not Iceman, uh, Dr. Freeze. Um, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Uh, I had some cracking earlier. I apologize. 
Oh, that's the thing. Like you, you can get certain. Like there are certain ones you could find. Like Mister Freeze is possible, is probably attainable. Yeah, but who, right, but like 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 first issue appearance of Riddler, for example, you're looking at probably four grand. Correct. Now, who Riddler four grand is attainable? That's that's not that that's not that's not even uh, giant size money. Yeah. Um. Who's a giant penguin fan? Who's a I have to have every issue that Poison Ivy is in. You say that, but there are people that people you know people like their you know not necessarily top string not top string characters. You know people like their second tier villains, the third, fourth, fifth tier. I that's, you know, that's my big, point. You know, one that's, of my favorite guys is Two Face. That's my point. That's my point. We'll get you your Two Face. We'll figure it out. We'll get you your Two Face. Like you, you told me, like when when we hit the big time, first thing we're gonna do is get your Two Face. Um, but that's Detective Comic. No, it's Batman sixty six. My point is, is that a lot of the meat and potatoes, other than like the original ones that are like the main baddies and all of the first like five six Batman movies aren't people's favorites. Like, my favorite Batman villain is uh, Zaz. Uh, my second favorite one is Bane. Um, those are very attainable to me. Now... Yeah. Uh, I both their first appearances. Hell yeah, you do. Hell yeah, you do. And, and well-deserved. The, 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 the best part about the hunt is that... How many times have you handed me a comic book and said, you might want this? And I'm like, I've never said no. No. Never said no. First, first hush. First, you, 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 you picked me up uh, almost the entirety of year one. Um, and then you've never... had doubles of it. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, man, you weren't being a dick about it. You could have charged me. Um Sure. We went through my comics, and, and, and you told me earlier that your uh, Suicide Squad number one, New 52, got fucked up. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Suicide Squad. Like, take it. I'll find yeah. one. I'll find one eventually. Uh, we've handed each other, like, just trust me on this one. Because of that, I have first Zaz. I've got first Hush. You've got first Spawn. Uh, my homeboy, Tom sent me a photo of a uh, graded 9.8 Spawn number one newsprint edition with the with the proof of purchase on the front 350 fucking dollars nice 350 dollars I'm like that's cool uh, I handed that to you and you were like cool like you trusted me I granted I gave yeah. it to you but you trusted me like, I, it could have been 20 dollars I know you would have been like You've never said no to anything I ever handed to you. Yeah. It, when, when you're on the hunt, trust your homie. No, oh, definitely, man. Freaking trust your homie. Exactly. You, you literally never handed me anything I, I went and put back. Not once. And vice versa. Yeah, I, put, I, put, I put back stuff that then you've been like, oh, you got to read that. And I'm like, oh, damn it. 
<clears throat> you gotta need that. Like, uh, remember we, we both got the the, the Damien uh, Andy Kubert set from uh, All Seas from uh, uh, one of the better comic book stores in the Denver area in Aurora. Yep. Uh, shit, like All Seas is a, like, dude. Uh, I put back that Tiffany action figure. We gotta go back and get that motherfucker. I can't believe I didn't I didn't grab that Tiffany. Oh, I know. Try to get a freaking go back and get the first appearance of Dazzler now because I just realized that was part of the Dark Phoenix. Just trust your homie. It's the hunt. It's it's something special. You gotta have some money in your pocket. We always do. Trust your homie. He hands you something. If you, uh, I'm the indie guy, you're the DC guy. I mean, we both dabble in all this other stuff, but like when your friend hands you something, like you need to read this. Say no more. Might have to put some lower shit on the tier uh, back on the shelf and go back later to get it because Ed will hold it for you. That uh, is true. Ed will hold it for you because he knows that the obsession is is real. Trust <laughs> he knows you're going to get it sooner or later. <laughs> He's like a crack dealer, but worse. <laughs> it's true. How long did it take you to get all those uh, freaking McFarlane Spidermans? Oh, Jesus. That was like six months, man. Like, he held he held them for a very long time because, like, I found them yeah. and I didn't have the money because I was saving for my new place. And I got my new place and it took me a while until I had the new uh, money to get them. And he's like, no. Nah. He was he was happy for me. Like, he didn't give a fuck that he held them. He knew he was going to sell them. But, like, that didn't matter yeah. to him. I, like, I, he, he doesn't – he's not a car salesman. He He's like, you got what you wanted. Um, remember when I got my Witchblade? Yeah. <laughs> I, I finally got my Witchblade. Um, I called you and you were like, fuck yes! <laughs> like, it was exactly. like a, it was a fucking celebration, man. And then, like, and then we, yep. and then, and then we, we got a new era. Like, life is fucking good, man. Oh well, yeah, man. Freaking things are, things are looking solid right now. It's awesome. Cheers. New era to the hunt. Kapow. I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of some indie books, but let's uh, let's do Nightwing, man, because uh, that one I think is a perfect uh, transition. Because like the the best part about it, like guys, we're on the jazz. We always are, but like uh, like we said. We spent our whole lives trying to find cool people to be with, and we found the right people. And the best part about Nightwing, number 90, is Barry. His friends. His friends. This is Wally, not Barry. (laughs) And Barry's off-world at this time. He's extraterrestrial now. So we got Wally West coming in to uh, help out his buddy. So that's what friends do. They have each other's backs. Best friend. Dude, like, even the cover. Even the cover is gorgeous. Like, like the, the design aspect on this, like, composition-wise, like, their their hands, the, like, er, like the, the way everything blends in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, it's just, you know, it's fun. Just freaking, that's, that's one of the things about the Flash in and of himself is freaking unlike... You know, you know, you get you get your comics where they're dark, and you get their comics where like, oh, this character gets killed, and this is bad, and this is 
you know, this guy's fighting, and we'll see. But, like, you know, freaking Night, Nightwing and The Flash are just kind of like, they're just kind of your sit back and chill books. They're just, you're, they're just good. It's good storytelling. You know, it's for them. It's, you know, pretty positive. You know, Wally West has his whole family, you know, and Dick Grayson's kind of got, you know, his relationship with Babs and he's got bite wing, you know, he's running this entire, he's got a whole apartment building and freaking, you know, he's got a lot going on for him right now. You know, he's got all his money from, uh, from Alfred passing, sadly. And freaking, you know, he, you know, right now we've got people, you know, trying to take him out. Freaking uh, blockbusters trying to, uh, to kill Dick Grayson because of all he's trying, what he's trying to do to fix Bloodhaven. I love the opening scene here. Like, Bitewing has got her, it's Haley, right? Um, yep, Bitewing's Haley, yep. And she's, She's got her one good arm just nestled on him. He's getting like what is like what is like his two hour nap before he's got to go be Nightwing and Dick Grayson. Yep. Like that. Like like the the fact that he's sleeping above the covers like it is is speaking volumes. Like how many times have you fallen asleep above the covers? That is a like you're you're too tired to even just like even, even to get under the covers. Even get under you're, the covers. You're just man. done. You're done, man. Like some of the best sleeps I've ever had was, I got home from a gig and and I remember one time I I opened the door, bless you. Um, Thank you. I fed my cat because I'd been gone for like twelve hours. She's meowing at me, all pissed off. Got her, you know, and uh, I looked at her. She looked at me, and I just put my knees on the ground. And then I just laid down on my face, and I woke up like twelve hours later with my phone in my pocket, wallet, boots still on. Um, he's at least in a bed, <laughs> and we got yeah, exactly bite wing with one good her, her one good handsy. Yep. Phone, phone goes off, ding. Yeah, it's, it's his newfound sister. Telling him what's about to happen. She doesn't know what's going to happen, but she knows something's about to happen. You know, building about to get hit. Get out. You know, Dick being Dick is like, I can't freaking leave everybody here. So he ends up saying there's, you know, he ends up breaking the fire alarm, telling everybody there's a fire, and getting uh, everybody out of, you know, everybody out of the building. And he ends up going back as Nightwing to save, uh, save one of his neighbors who can't hear and has a hearing aid, but he doesn't wear the hearing aid when he's sleeping, obviously. Mm-hmm. And freaking there's a, a coming towards him with a missile going right towards his apartment. And freaking there, you know, the Nightwing grabs a guy and tries to get the hell out of Dodge. And then we end up going to Keystone City, home of Wally West, Linda Park, and their children. Oh, just, it's just such a, such a good transition. We go from... Nightwing, Dick is in bed, all nice and comfy. Linda's like, you know, shut your goddamn phone off. <laughs> you know, the complete opposite, but still the same setting, and here we go. Yeah, freaking, you know, his wife wakes up looking at her phone and says there's a there's an explosion in Blaven. 
and shows her shows Wally the phone and freaking like that's Dick's house, isn't it? And before he can say anything, he's gone. He's gone. Freaking halfway to halfway to Bloodhaven already. Ends up jumping in there, freaking trying to save his buddy because freaking Dick, you know, Dick went back in to save that guy. And like one of the the craziest things we see is him trying to like he's just moving this place brick by brick to save his friend. And you see the picture of his freaking hands just on fire, broken, burned, and he and he's just healing as quickly as he's freaking re re hurting himself. And he's probably broken his hands and burned them, scarred him up freaking a dozen times over before he finally finds his friend. And freaking, you know, he's just like, that's my best friend. And he just runs over and hugs him. And then this guy turns around talking about how he, you know, how Nightwing blew up his house. And the guy's like, I you know, no, that's not how it's not what happened. You know, their police are on their way. And you know, Dick's like, I gotta, you know, we gotta do something, man. We gotta, you know, we gotta fit, you know, do this before they come back and finish the job. And freaking, he explains to explains to Wally how, you know, ever they're after him, and they were willing to blow up his entire building just to get to him. And Wally's just like, you know, hey, they think you're dead. Why don't you? Why don't you just kind of lie low for a while? That's a bro move, dude. That is such a bro move. Like, yeah, like let's let's come back to my place. Let's just keep you dead for a bit. When was the last time you slept? Yeah, and freaking you know before, and while they're having this conversation, he's just like, "We're at my house," <laughs> and freaking Linda, being the wife that she is, just like, "Okay, cool. This is what we're doing." Just <laughs> hey, Dick. Goes and gets him some blankets. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I dig it, man. Like, like, like uh, I, I've been in a situation like this before, and and just he's like, you just go to bed, man. Just lay down, and uh, it, it, like, I, I read this in the morning, and I purposely went and cooked myself some, uh, some fried eggs and uh, some bacon, just to match this, because he, they made it look so good, you know. The the kids waking him up. Bitewing is fed happy, <laughs> like really, like honestly, man, like so much shit could go ha- should could go sideways, go pear shaped, but as long as Bitewing is okay, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, and he even made him go back. And even Wall even had to go back and get the dog. You know, they went back and got Haley. Yeah. Something else, man. Like. Uh, <laughs> All right, before we transition to the aha moment, you ever been in a position where you were that tired? Oh, yeah, definitely ever some wrestling trips. I remember freaking, uh, I remember leaving at 3 a.m. from Amarillo, Texas, driving eight hours, I think it was 11 hours total, to uh, Louisiana for a wrestling Jesus show. Jesus Christ. I had to stop and freaking pick up this valet who was dating a guy that I was driving with at the time. Oh shit. And freaking luckily she drove so I could sleep that like the last three hours, get up, wrestle, and then slept the entire way back to her place. And then me and my buddy hit the road to drive back to Amarillo and freaking, I think I got like 
partially, like maybe five hours in that two days. And it was ridiculous. I remember just coming home and freaking slept for probably, I think, 12, 13 hours after that. Yeah, we got that next week. Yeah, we always do. Freaking good old Square Circle Pro. Good old Square Circle Pro. We're going to see our homegirl Lil, see Mr. Damien, see Mr. Rick. Show up late as usual with a bag full of comics. Why are you late? That nobody ever sees. Nobody ever sees. <laughs> I love the fact that like Lil always keeps her mouth shut. Like, like they're late. Like you know, Rick is getting pissed at her. Like, where are they? Uh, traffic, and we're like filming at the <laughs> at the store. <laughs> yeah, filming at freaking Big Apple. Ah, good. They're story. always happy to see us. Ah man, we go in there, we throw some money down. We always, we it's always, true. we always do shit, man. It's like, <laughs> like we get paid when we go, but we always come back broke. <laughs> well, broker when we left. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> funny how that always tends to happen. But richer as men, as comic book collectors, like I, I, when when I got all those Dark Man comics, I woke up and I was holding them. Like I fell asleep in my hoodie. I was I was reading them and I was holding uh, the one I was reading was like on the floor, but the rest were, were in my arms. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get a get out of bed. <laughs> all right, so all right, so Dick is being forced into bed by Miss Linda and Mr. Flash here. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And now we got uh, one of the women who from the apartment building is sitting here talking with the uh, Bloodhaven Police Department, trying to explain the situation. And the officer in question is just kind of going off on Dick, talking about how he triggered the alarm, and he's like, "That's all I needed to know." And you know, talking about how uh, Roland Desmond Blockbuster is generally generously offering to pay for the hotel for everybody. And she's just like, no, nah, I'm good. I know where his money comes from. And the officer's like turning down and, you know, turning down on a favor for a blockbuster is always a bad idea. And he, you know, she's like, is that a threat? And he's just like, take the hotel, leave him a thank you note. And freaking the next thing you know, she leaves. He's already on the phone with blockbuster talking about how, uh, you know, the assassin he sent didn't get the job done, you know, or, you know, somebody tipped off Grayson and we don't, you know, some, we just don't know who. But then we go back to Dick in the, uh, in the West slash park home. And the, uh, he wakes up to see the children there with him. They were all waiting for him so they could all have breakfast together and, you know, Haley's there all happy too. You know, it turns out that uh Wally's been trying to figure out how high up this uh situation goes. Got a little got a little board set up with, you know, Blockbuster on top and all his underlings underneath trying to figure out how uh how everyone plays, you know plays in this scenario. The one thing I got to point out art-wise is uh, the kids on the uh, upper right, upper left 
uh, it's the same panel. Copied and pasted. I really hate when they do the copy and paste. <laughs> really? However, this one was used strategically. Like, the, okay. the, the wide-eyed lovingness of their excitement that Uncle Dick is is here and we just want to treat him and like even Bitewing has the same look in the in in, in her eyes as they do. Yep. And like it, it, it was a tre- strategically used copy, copy paste, different dialogue obviously, but the way they're frozen in their awe and happiness, like Uncle Dick is here. And of course Bitewing just loves you know, daddy, but like they, they made him the food, you know, are you supposed to cook bacon? We don't know. <laughs> For the record. Yes. You should always cook your bacon. You should cook your bacon. You don't want to have undercooked pork. Um, yeah, the feed it, the feed it cause it's undercooked. Then the dog will be fine. And, uh, give him some cereal far safer. And then dude, I popped this, I popped with this man. He's like, uh, you know, I'm gonna help you, and then he's got all the, uh, the the crime bosses with the the string and the pins all tied up, and he's like, uh, uh, I don't really have a plan. I just have these photos tucked to the wall with some string. <laughs> it's 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 start like it's it's good enough, but like, uh, if if I had not had a good pal like clue me in to like your knowledge of the Flash that he's one of the best detectives there is, like, he's he's. He's on the jazz. This is all he has right now. But there's he's yep. gonna figure it out. Well, that's the thing. This is this is that was Barry. This is Wally. This is the second flash. Is the third flash technically? Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. So, so this is all his. Uh, that that's the whole. This is this is you know fellow Teen Titan Kid Flash. This is Kid Flash. All grown up. It's not the black kid. God damn it. <laughs> no, that's the other one. I love the. That's Wallet. That's Wallace West. Right, this is Wally West. All right, gotcha. This is this is a guy that in future state ends up being possessed. Okay, gotcha. This is why you're our DC our DC guy. Yeah this this is this is uh, this is the Flash from the '90s. This is Flash from uh, post uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Flash. Copy. So he's still got he's still got history as a Flash. He just freaking you know he's not Barry Allen. Then we get to some fucking asshole trilling babs like she's some fucking mark on the street, man. <laughs> yep, we got yeah somebody following Babs now, freaking to kidnap her. You know she's easily able to get out, but then she's got the then freaking <laughs> they're gonna know she's Batgirl, so she can't have that. So freaking of course she gets a hold of Dick and Wally, and they're on their way to rescue. But, you know, Dick's like, hey, we got to calm down. You know, we don't know who's after me yet. You know, this is a way to find out. And freaking, you know, they follow the van and it ends up being a KG beast. <laughs> you know, I love uh, my ass off. I love my ass off. And for those, for those who aren't following, haven't followed Nightwing since Rebirth, <laughs> KG beast is the one that shot Nightwing and caused his amnesia. And for we had that year of him thinking he was Rick Grayson and not wanting to be a superhero at all. Full on, like amazing superhero drama slash soap opera. Like 
Like, like full-on days of our lives, General Hospital amnesia. <laughs> and each issue, he gets this close to remembering, but then he doesn't. <laughs> Tune in next week. I, I love the fact that these guys, like, they're, they're kidnapping Nightwing's girlfriend, because we know you're his girlfriend. We see staying there. And they're, they're just so fucking aloof and stupid that they just kidnap... Babs, Barbara Gordon, like like she doesn't have a a microphone like in, in a lip piercing or in a fake tooth or like like there's something there and the the way she immediately springs into action immediately is I love the fact about Babs she's never a damsel in distress especially after what we've because you you and I read um well we didn't read it together but like we we read the Killing Joke. Probably oh, 15, course, yeah. 15 years ago, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. like, 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 Babs was never a damsel in distress. She was just wrong person, wrong time, open the door, joker shoots in the spine, rapes her. Uh, never a victim. Yep. Never a victim. And here she goes, like, immediately spring action. Flash and Nightmare, you're like, what are we going to do? And, she, she, uh, and, and I love the fact that, like, they immediately resort to her, what do we do? Yep. What do we do? Yeah. This this isn't one of those because you know how much I hate those bullshit. Like we got to put a woman in charge just because we got to have a the cater to people that want women in charge. No, no, that that that's a cash grab. That's a disingenuous. Babs is the real deal. Yeah, it's easy then you know freaking. But you know, like I said, Babs is Babs has the experience. She's been a leader. She's been freaking a fighter. You know, she knows, they all know what they need to do in this, you know, scenario. Because they freaking, they open up the uh, the back of this van once they get there. And freaking, you know, Barbara Gordon, what do you say? Oh, here you go. And, and freaking, it's Nightwing and the Flash in there. And, you know, freaking, you know, the two friends, Dick and Wally, take a second. He's like, that's KG Beast. And Nightwing's like, yeah. And Flash is like, the guy that shot you in the head. And Dick's like, yeah. Oh, man, we have a long list of friends who want to get their hands on you. And turn the, you know, hit the last page. And he's like, I am very glad I got to you first, though. And Flash just lunges at KG Beast. Shit. Dick started deflecting bullets with his, with his, uh, what do you, what do you call those? Escrima sticks. Escrima sticks. They might as well be made of adamantium, but they never say it. He's deflecting bullets with it. Why not? And then it flashes halfway out the car, so that means it's already like point zero 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 three seconds ago. Uh, yep. I, I I love this shot here, man. This is. What What do you think? This you think this should be the? Uh, I'm thinking this should be the uh, the cover. I dig it. Yeah, this this is gonna be our cover. This is gorgeous. I, I I picked one, but I wasn't too sure about it. this one. After all this, yeah, gnarly, gnarly. Let's Very see. much so, man. Uh restroom break there. Sorry about that. Got some indie comics that I'm pretty on the jazz for. Uh, number one, um, the rain. The rain number two came out two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and uh, number three came out actually. Yesterday, um, or two days ago, when you're hearing this recording, but um, 
Long story short, um, beautiful uh, couple. They're moving into into their uh, new home together in Boulder. Both their mom and dad, well, one of their mom and dad's there to help move in, and all of a sudden the clouds come out of nowhere, and it doesn't rain water. It rains, um, and they specifically uh, diagnose what the rain is. It's not glass that's falling from the sky. It's the... Um, let me look it up real quick. You know when lightning strikes sand and it creates glass? Mm-hmm. That's what it's raining. Oh, wow. And hundreds of thousands of people are dead. And they just happened to get out of, uh, out of, the, out of the rain before they died. Uh, the little boy that thinks he's a vampire is holed up there. It's a week later. Um... She picks all of the uh, the shards out of her her girlfriend's body. She's got. Uh, they have to bury them. They have to uh, take care of uh, her girlfriend's mom who died there as well. She's got a letter from the dad that wasn't able to make it. That was a doctor in Denver, and they're holding up with a friend that was with them, who's. There's a lot of intricities on this one, man. Like, they, um, like the friend they're holed up with, her, her husband supposedly committed suicide, but she's pretty sure that the company that he worked for realized that he figured out one of their secrets, and he might have been in the car, but he wasn't driving the car that drove him into a tree or off a cliff, and she, she's already dealt with some serious despair. She's already lost the one person that meant everything to her. And she's doing her best to make some coffee for a friend that she just met. That just lost the love of her life. Her girlfriend died. And she doesn't want to read the letter the the dad wrote to her about... She thinks it's a letter that will, you know, take care of my little girl, that sort of thing. She just... Gotta go find him. Gotta let him know that his wife and daughter are dead. So she has to figure out a way to get to Denver, which is like what, like a like a thirty mile drive, but basically uh, an eight hour walk. Yeah. the The rain didn't dissolve. Like these these shards of like glass, tempered by lightning didn't go anywhere. She has to put on extra thick boots. So she's basically walking through glass shards. Oh, wow. Like a sea of it. Like, like imagine like, like you ever play soccer back in the day and like you're playing like kind of a, a sketchy field and you get the stickers on you all the time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, imagine that, but like they can break through your shoe if you don't have the right shoe. Oh, geez. And, She's trudging through this, and there's a uh, some bullshit cult about how they they had been wishing for the end. And oh, but master, don't don't let everyone know that because they might blame you for this. Well, she's a sinner, and she's like, "Fuck you, fucking assholes!" Like, and she she trudges on, and uh, she gets to downtown Boulder, and there's just. Like, almost frozen time because it just happened. 
Like, like uh, a couple sitting in a bus stop with just shards, like face, arms, just they're holding each other. Just it happened that fast. And she sees this poor man that's cut up and he's trying to get his cat. And he tried, she tries to help, help get the cat and the cat's like, the cat's got shards all, all through it. He's trying to grab it through like a, a, a sewer storm drain. And the rain starts up again. And it, it's it's a it's a hopeless mission like 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 uh, by all accounts like the, the very little cell phone reception I mean like I mean like we had it tough tough when COVID hit but we still had our cell phones we could still do FaceTime you know we we persevered through everything yeah but this is almost end times like like the the cloud is moving and it's not only moving but it's spreading. It's it's growing. She meets a friend after she's attacked by those asshole cultists that want to cut her head off because she'll spread the news that brother what's his name asshole wished for this to happen. If they find out he wished for it, then we're done for. It, it's it's so cockamamie. The artwork is so like. There, there's times when I read indie comic books and like, do you remember, do you remember when, like, I, I want to say like, I want to say 1998, maybe 1999 when, um, Cartoon Network started doing their own cartoons. Remember the cartoon cartoons okay. like, like, uh, um, Two Stupid Dogs, Dexter's Laboratory, mm-hmm. Powerpuff Girls, um, yeah. Do you remember how the the ethos of it was? It was poorly drawn but well made, well written. Like 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 even though it wasn't like like Bugs Bunny quality or even like Batman the Animated Series quality animation. Um, yeah. The story was so good you didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I so, that. Yeah. So so that's a, that's an issue when it comes to indie comic books. Um, is when. Someone has a good idea, and they get someone that can execute, but it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Or their indie style is so bad it becomes good, or it's so good and different. All the other bad stuff that's different, like 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 you're you're being inundated with a lot of things that it, you're not used to. You're you're not used to bigger heads, littler bodies, no shading. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. So when it comes to indie comic books, that that's kind of like the lean to. Like you got a good story, you get someone to draw it, and uh, whether or not it's good doesn't really matter. Uh, it it's got a little bit of that tone, but I can imagine that the artist on this is not a bad artist in terms of that that can't draw the human figure that can't understand two-point perspective that, that's 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 not it at all let me let me pull up the uh, joe hill wrote this uh david m boer uh zoe thorogood and chris o'halloran this isn't one of those indie comic books where the artwork suffers because they're trying to pump it out fast enough yeah it, it's very stylized but it's definitely not something that is pleasant to the eye if you're used to seeing like reading Black Widow all the time, where it's perfectly proportioned, the breasts are just popping, perfect lighting, perfect shading. No, no, this is very avant-garde, 
I know that the person that does this can really execute, but like they're having fun with this. This is a lot gotcha. of fun in the there's a whimsical quality that they, they purposely picked this sort of style to express the story and it enhances the story. That's what I'm getting at. As opposed to when you read like a shitty indie comic book and like, oh, we just got some of this one guy and all the colors are secondary because they watched Red Watchmen once. Um, yeah, I'm bitching about the art. Like, why? Oh, I usually do that. That's usually what I do. Uh, sorry. But um, the, the, the way they, they, they frame things, the, the, the way that like when the little boy hands, like the little boy that was thinks he's a vampire... When he sees the only person he knows and trusts is heading out in the sea of glass in her big boots and he hands her an umbrella. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, is he too stupid to know that this umbrella isn't going to save her? Or is it the indie comic quality where we don't know what's going to happen? We're going to have a supernatural quality here where, like, glass rain down from the sky. Is this umbrella gonna help? You never know. You know what I yeah. mean. Like, like what? Like the belief in the in this umbrella could save this woman. Four ways from Friday. It could stop bullets. Like, like the the kid's belief in it, alone, and and that adds to the to to the story. Like, okay, so these guys, Acoster, she escapes the rain again. She meets this guy with his neck uh, on his on his chest. He tells her he can help her. And then a whisper from behind, the little boy followed her. Of course. Oh, jeez. Of course. Yeah. He's wearing his cape and he brought the umbrella. And he brought the umbrella. Now, two things happen in my head here. We see the boots that she's wearing in, uh, from the other guy too. Nike shoes. And then we see some boots that look more like romper stompers, like alien style. But the little boy's just in his in his flip flops, and he's got the umbrella. There's a magical quality to that. What can this kid do? What can the belief do? I don't know. Um, I'm hoping for that that the the way they introduce it. My mind is open for anything, for his umbrella to work, for his flip flops to. Be able to step on the, the the sharpest of razor blades and not hurt him because of his belief. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, don't, I can see it. Can... This is one of my like, man. I'm so on the jazz about this book because it it opens up all these possibilities of belief. It opens up the belief of God of anything, but it also the storytelling is so good. It you forget that what you're reading is so far completely gone and phantasmagorical that his umbrella might actually work. It, it, it might actually work. And then, and then leading into that, um, we've got the new Jeff Lemire book, um, Little Monsters. Let me pull that guy up real quick. Where are you? Yeah, that's the thing though. Those like freaking with the umbrella thing and the flip flops. Like, maybe it would work, and maybe it's just a belief of a child just trying to 
this is how I can help, so I'm going to help. And, like, either way is freaking, either way, in theory, could possibly work. Like, you just, you you introduce that third character, that child, you're just like, it's like we were talking about with Haley and Nightwing, you know, no matter what, nothing nothing can happen to the dog, nothing can happen to the kid. Nothing can happen to the kid. What so let's just see what happens because, you know, if the freaking, if, you know, all the restraints are off, something could. Thank you so much for that. That was not something I really thought of. Yeah. I, I'm not a father. Uh, when when Mernalis Jr. is drop-legging you or throwing a, or trying to pull an RKO out of nowhere because I guarantee you he's probably tried to RKO you, do you see it, don't you? You see the belief. Oh yeah. You see the belief. And when and when you sell well, it, I can sell. I can, I can sell, so he knows. <laughs> well, when you can sell it. Oh yeah. I mean that's that's the thing. You know, you have those those characters like that. That's you know. Yeah, like, there's always that unspoken rule. You know, you don't kill kids. You don't kill animals, no. in media or in you know, but in indie books. It all is on the. You know, I, I was I was watching something on YouTube yesterday where they talked about how uh, they killed off Aquaman's kid, um, Black Mana did by suffocating him, and like they had this big battle with the Aquaman and um, Aqualad, I believe, and freaking uh, you know, when the kid, you know, died in the middle of the battle. And freaking, it was, you know, it led to the dissolution of, you know, Aquaman. It led to him and his wife breaking up, you know, and he just wasn't the same afterwards. And, like, that was a huge, like, as far as Aquaman stories go, you know, I know a lot of people kind of, you know, don't really care too much about Aquaman, but freaking, you know, that's... That's pretty harsh. It, it is pretty harsh, but that that's that's a big name, and I get what you're saying. Like the introducing that sort of intrusion and uh, interruption and uh, removing someone solid from the picture from a A level book. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. But these these indie books pull no punches. There, there's no punches pulled, but at the same time, though. Uh, I know what story you're talking about. I never imagined Aqualad doing anything. But when this kid showed up with an umbrella and flip-flops after she's been trudging along and boots and the glass is hurting, we have ultimate suspension of disbelief. And we already love the kid. He just wants his, he just wants his vampire blood. The, he's, he's diabetic. <laughs> that's, that's, he just likes his shirt. Like she, she, she brings him a tea that looks red and it's his vampire blood, his belief in it. Like, and when you go back to what you're saying, uh, about when Marnellis Jr. RKO's you out of nowhere, you sell the shit out of it and he believes it. Whether he does or doesn't, doesn't matter. It's part of the storyline that is in his head and it doesn't matter whether he knows that he he might know a hundred percent you're a wrestler you can sell it, but you still yep. sold. You still sold it, and you you played into that wonderful fantasy of being a kid, and yeah. and 
wow, man, like, um, that's a whole other, that's a whole other different conversation, but it's something special you can't ruin. Yeah. And they, they captured that. And, and, but on the latter side with little monsters written by Jeff Lemire and illustrated by Dustin, uh, Wynn, it's, uh, I mean, they've got this back to the indie crappy or, <laughs> um, it's not crappy. It's just it's just more whimsical and it's very expressionistic. Like you can like one of the things that I'm a big sucker for is when even if it's talking heads, as long as the talking heads have some emotion to them, it's a lot of talking heads. Who who are you? Like these are the kids. This is Lucas. He's playing his guitar on a broken expressway, uh, I twenty five. What do you want to call it? High rise. What you doing? Nothing, just working on a song. He's playing. You know, can I sit here and listen? Do you ever uh, write your songs down? No. Do you ever accidentally rewrite the same time? Same song? No, I don't know. Maybe. Well, can I just listen? Whatever. Like it's it's got this, and then they the, these twins, these twin kids with bull cuts are daring each other to jump off a, a building and one, one, two, three, and the other one doesn't jump and like, hey man, this pissed me off. This is going to hurt all day. It's going to take me all day to heal. This is Ronnie and Raymond. Then we got Billy sitting outside of, like, it, it's 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 all black and white and they're doing the Schindler's List shit where like the important things are red. They're playing Capture the Flag and like, hey man, like we do this every night. Play Capture the Flag and uh, throughout the book, they're grabbing rats and eating them, like oh wow, like, like apples, <laughs> like like apples, no big deal. Like if uh, you and I were walking through an orchard and uh, like saw a cherry apple, and, but that's on the tree. This is a rat. Yeah. And, and, well, I'm tired of playing this, and they, they briefly, the unread thing they show is that the moon is orange and full and more 3D than it should be. And like, well, hey, what, you know what, the sun's coming up, we gotta get the bed. And I'm like, fuck, some stupid-ass fucking vampire bullshit. Like, I, I'm, I'm so sick of vampire shit. I love vampire shit, but then we see this this new these these two other kids that the other the only thing that's in color other than the than than the moon and the blood from the and the and the flag is these kids are uh, they're drawn in chalk and everything is different colors, but everything is black and white. And like, well, where are they? Like, we got a good bed. They probably got too wrapped up. And their drawings again, and we gotta go get them. Alright, fine. Gotta go get them. It, it reminded me of, like, uh, when I talked to you the other night, well, I texted you, um, I was up to like 3.30 a.m. working on those Red Room photos and the, the New Era photos. Like, I started that when I got home at 10 o'clock. Next thing you know, it was 3 o'clock, and I'm like, shit! <laughs> like, I gotta go to work in the morning, man! Like, yeah. like, 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 I was so on the jazz, just, just working on shit, and these kids are on that sort of jazz. We gotta go to bed, and there's no adults 
at all. This dystopian, everything's destroyed. I mean, like, Vicky, Lucas, Bats, like, 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 they show, like, well, they're waiting for their... They're waiting for their Messiah to show up. Like, it's been 100 years, okay? So these kids are more than 100 years old. And um, they're looking for the kids that are the chalk drawers, the graffiti artists. And this kid finds an adult. Help me, please, help me. And then the underlying light comes to the kid and we see some things. I'm like, fuck. Uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed with this because it's Jeff Lemire. After every, after everything to the sweet tooth, I, I I have so many Jeff Lemire books. I I I don't trust this one. I, I don't want a vampire book. Doesn't win. I mean, it's gorgeous, but this better be good. You got some. You, you want to sell me some vampires? Like as an indie book, where like, when have you not seen me just go balls to the wall with an indie book? But yeah. When it comes to a vampire book, I'm like, this, this better be fucking good if you're gonna sell me some vampires. Little Monsters, it was it was a fun read. Um, Radiant Red, I can't talk too much about. Um, Radiant Red is kind of like... Uh, when did you see Fight Club? Oh, jeez, I, I'm still in high school. When... Was it ruined before you watched it? Did someone fuck it up for you? No. Okay, so, but, so good. So, I'm glad that didn't happen to you. My point is, is that someone can, hey, someone could have said, hey, man, did you see Fight Club? I can't believe he was Tyler Durden the whole time. Ruined. Yeah. Um, Pretty simply that simple, yeah. Radiant Red is... Has a similar twist of some sort? Not a similar twist, but more of a, if I... It's 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 very slow paced. The, the artwork is. It, it reminds me of. Did you ever see the Animatrix? No, I never did watch that. There is a uh, a story of um, a haunted house where everything moves real slow. It's it's a glitch in the Matrix that the robots didn't know was a glitch yet. So it was a haunted house. You can jump off the top and float not hit the bottom and I'm not saying that's what this is it's more of a this this little it looks like a little girl but she's an ant it's it's very anime style and she is able to turn into a uh superhero kind of tron looking mask her arms and legs and turn whatever weapons she's robbed a bunch of banks and she needed her family needed the money and they've got like three million dollars hidden in uh, the HVAC system, and she's trying to maintain family relationships. If I ah. said anything else, it would it would ruin something as easily as I can't believe he was Tyler Durden the whole time. It's not. Same vib- it's not the same thing, but same vibration. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little things that, that it's 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 there's an, a huge twist at the end. Not a huge twist, just more like there's just a lot more going on. But if I said one thing, it would be like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. But you had to read the book until you got to that point, 
And when you get to that point, you know, like if, if someone told you that, you'd be like, fuck that. But if you read all the exposition getting to that and all the character development, they did an issue one, then you'd be like, okay, I, I, I can do this. Radiant Red, I'd give it a, I'd give it a six. I'd give it a six. I'd give um, the last one maybe a seven, just based on Lemire. But I'd give the rain a solid nine. I'd give the rain a solid nine. The rain, the oh, rain, awesome. the rain would be one of those things I would hand you in two years. Hey, they've when we're at a another bogo over at um, Escape Velocity. Like here, the they got all the rain here. It's uh twenty bucks. I hand to you and be like, hey, cool. Like, way you hand shit to me. Um, nice. Yeah, it, it's it's the rains, the meat and potatoes. The the other ones, I'm still kind of on the uh, the borders of, but it, it is what it is, man. Um, it's indie books. You never know. Um, I always worry when it comes to an indie book that they get rushed. Like, hey, things aren't selling. Beef it up. Yeah. Issue two just came out, had half the sales of issue one. Make sure issue four is just as good. And if not, we told you to give you issue six, but if you don't get the sales done, we're only give you issue four. I imagine that's a fucking conversation that I will tell someone to go fucking eat a dick if that happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I got. Thank you for giving me my. The the indie twenty minutes with Joshua Michael. The indie twenty. The indie twenty. By the way, what's your uh, what's your rum of choice? I bought the Kraken tonight because taking it easy the past couple of days and I was wondering what I should get and I saw the Kraken. I've had the Kraken before. Last time I uh, had some rum. I, I, I get hot with rum, but the Kraken was nice and juicy. Nice, nice. I'm more of a Captain Morgan's man myself. A little captain in me. I will remember that. What do you get next, brother? I mean, I mean, bro. I I feel I, like it, it just comes out like some ass. I, I was telling mom how uh, Randy ruined brother for us. And she's like, you said brother all the time. It was like, you said it all the time. Uh, and, and she was like, some asshole ruined brother for me. Like, yeah, some asshole ruined brother for us. <laughs> and it happens. Can't win them all. So, friend, bro, what you got next? Bro's weird. I don't like bro. From, oh, I'm, right. from, I'm yeah, from Albuquerque. You, you gotta give me that little bit of leeway. Oh man! I just call you Ross. Albuquerque. Albuquerque sucks. Albuquerque rules. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why you live in Colorado. Unless you're wrestling. If you're wrestling, then Albuquerque sucks. But New Mexico as a whole sucks for pro wrestling. WWE barely runs there for a reason. Look at the house show. All right. Yep. And we got uh, Batman the Night, part three of ten. Basically the uh, the whole precursor of what Bruce Wayne was doing before he became Batman. So, 
Yeah, we are in. So at the end of the last issue, uh, Henry Ducard had found where Bruce and the woman that was teaching him to steal uh, were at, and he had a gun placed to her head. And freaking now we see the uh, the aftermath of that. You know, Bruce is being trained little by little. But even he doesn't know. He knows what he need. He knows what he wants to do. He just doesn't know how to get there. Really tends to be the uh, situation he finds himself in. Quite often. Yep, and we find out that uh, Ducard is actually here for Bruce because he was hired by Alfred to find him. And for you minefielders, uh, Ducard is one of the main characters of what was the last one? Well, Batman's Batman the, the Detective. The Detective. But he is, yeah, he had his first appearance in Batman and Detective Comics 599. And freaking, um, he is uh, one of Bruce, he ends up being one of Bruce's primary teachers when he was traveling the world, learning how to become the Dark Knight. Thank you. And he's also the teacher of Ghost Maker. Fun fact. Real quick, is do you think Ghost Maker has a Phantomics like vibe to him? Vibe to him a little bit. More so, more I would say more so in personality than powers, obviously. He, but yeah, definitely the uh, the color scheme is very similar. The um. The mystery behind them is very similar. But yeah, I could definitely see it. But yeah, so we're freaking... So it turns out that uh, Bruce and the uh, the lady he's staying with currently uh, stole from... Stole a, a valuable artifact from a very rich man. And turns out that what they stole was teeth. It's a, uh, it's one of the things that, uh, is a big deal. Uh, minefielders, if you want to be a serial killer, don't take any souvenirs because the souvenirs are what's going to get you screwed. And he stole, they stole a few things, but what happened was they stole a box that had a secret compartment that had the teeth, the stolen teeth of his victims. Yep. And that's the whole thing is that they found out that this this rich man um by the by the name of uh, Hubert Glonet. He's the CEO of Sunrise Oil. And it turns out that he is murdering people and is a, a serial killer that the French government is after. And Bruce and Lucy just stole where he was hiding everything that could put him away. You know, man has a wife and kids. He's a, like I said, a CEO of an oil company. And freaking, they they could literally take all that away from him if they decided to do so. And freaking Glonay over here is, you know, trying to work with the cops to get back what's his, even though they don't know what is inside that jewelry box. 
where they find out his secrets. He is screwed beyond all form of recognition. And he is panicking on the inside. You know, they want to take it. You know, they want to help him out. And he's like, no, I, I got this. I got this. I just, I, you know, I need to, I need to get away. I, I know a place where I can go. And, you know, as he's driving, uh, he gets pulled over by a policeman. And freaking he pulls out these uh, claws that fit on each one of his fingers. And he ends up murdering the cop. Just because apparently he has to. And he's like, you're just doing your job like I am, like those thieves are. You know, everybody has their roles. They can't be mad, really. You know, pardon my rudeness, but I need to make an important call. And freaking, you know, we go back to every home. And Bruce and Ducard and Lucy. And they're trying to figure out what the police know, basically. You know, found out that the uh, the foundling, as they call him, the murderer, is uh, targeting the families of well-off men in their late 30s. You know, because they, you know, turns out that's why the police were so quick to get to the house when they were, they were robbing it was because the serial killer in himself matched those qualities. You know, they they were thinking he was a possible victim instead of the, the, the suspect. You know, it turns out Ducard had been thinking about him for a while, thinking he might have something to do with this. You know, he uh, turns out the, the killer's orphaning children and Clone's Glone's family died when he was very young. How, how are you feel, how are you feeling about the story so far? Died when he's very I'm, young. I'm digging it. I'm digging. It's fun. It's different. You know. It's it's interesting to learn about, you know, the history of of Bruce Wayne. All these years later, you know, we've got all these. You know, we've always heard. Oh, he traveled the world. Oh, he worked with this guy. He worked with that guy. He worked with Rachel Ghoul. You know, but like, you know, Henry Ducard until recently hasn't really been a you know, a man that's really been a huge part, you know, unless you're like going deep into Batman lore, you know, we had, but then we had him in the detective and now we've got him in this and it's, you know, freaking it's, it's interesting to get to know what made Bruce Wayne into Batman. And freaking, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's really interesting to see, you know, cause he was willing to, you know, learn from some pretty horrible people to become, to become better to, you know, he's, he was willing to go to those depths so others wouldn't have to. And, you know, so how he could, you know, get inside the minds of these criminals and freaking, you know, learn from them. You know, that's the whole point of Ducard. He talks about it. You know, my job is to get into people's heads, you know, like yours. I need to, you know, every, if I know about you, I know what you're going to do next. Basically is what it breaks down to. I like that, man. That, 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 that's a lot of insight. That That's like eight different thoughts involved in one caper from one side of one guy. Yeah. 
you know, and they, um, Lucy and Bruce end up leaving and he's like, you know, Bruce is like, he doesn't know me, Lucy, he doesn't know me at all, you know? And, you know, she's trying to explain to him, you know, for those who aren't reading the book, you know, Lucy's an older woman, you know, he talks about, she talks about how Henry's manipulative and cruel, but he's smart enough to root his cruelty and truth, you know, which is why, you know, what he says hurts. You know, she's just like, maybe you should just go back to Gotham, you know? You know, I feel responsible for bringing you with me into this world, you know? It was fun, but, you know, maybe you should just go home. And Bruce is like, no, you know, Alfred's looking for me, but he's looking for the version of me that he needs, that needs his help. The child that needs to be pointed in the right direction. And he's like, already, I'm not that man anymore. I'm not that child anymore. You know, even if it leads to my own destruction, you know, I need to find my own way. You know, and then we turn around in this. And we see Ducard and Bruce sitting at this cafe. And Lucy's, you know, in a disguise talking to this gentleman. You know, they're trying to also they're trying to make an exchange. And, you know, he Ducard keeps telling Bruce, you know, don't look at him, don't look at him, don't don't make yourself noticeable. If you make yourself noticeable, you make yourself a target. And they end up making eye contact and this guy's just like, you know, who the fuck is this? You know. I thought we were on the up and up, Lucy. And she's you know, he's just she, uh, Lucy's trying to calm the situation. And before she can calm it down, you know, Bruce jumps the guy and freaking the gun he pointed at him goes off. And uh Steven, the guy that they were meeting with, ends up shooting Ducard on accident. <laughs> Big mistake. Arnold's nope. And then freaking Ducard ends up dropping. You know, and he's just like, get out of here before the cops show up. And, he, and Bruce is just over here blaming himself for it. And, you know, he can't believe, you know, if he had just listened, this wouldn't have happened. And freaking, but of course, you know, can never change the past. You know, and we end up looking at this, uh, this photo and it's these these guys in school, and it's a picture you know, that features the murderer, you know. And we end up finding out that uh, you know these are this is photos from uh, Henry's files. <laughs> of course it is. You know, this was a uh, just like I said, a group photo, and we find this guy named Claude Laurent who was orphaned at age five. And it turns out that, you know, this, these, uh, these kids all went to school together and where Hubert, the murderer, you know, floundered and Claude excelled. He was a captain of the Latin club. He was a chess champion. And you can look at this photo and you can just see how happy Claude is. And it turns out that's who, that's who really thinks he's going after next. And we see Bruce running across town, trying to get to him. And he busts in a window, and we hear, a, and I see a woman hiding behind a chair, saying, "Stay away." And he's, you know, talking about how it's okay. I'm here to help. 
and he looks behind him in the mirror and it's Hubert and him and Bruce start fighting because you know Bruce is able to see it and you know we see that you know he ends up going you know falling into a room and there's a dead body and it looks like it's a cloud you know and it's you know and um, the murderer comes after him you know Herbert or Hubert you know and freaking you know Bruce ends up kicking him away getting up calling him a bastard you know he's like and he just starts he just comes on top of him and just just wailing talking about you know these children you've ruined their lives you've ruined their futures and he just keeps punching him until Lucy comes into the room in her cat burglar outfit because you know Bruce has a thing for cat burglars of course and she's just she covers her face she's like oh my god Bruce you know it's over it's over you know we uh we turn in the next morning and Bruce is on the phone calling Alfred talking about you know I'm sorry I didn't tell you what was going on you know, you've done so much for me. You raised me, you know, and he's like the man you hired to find me, he found me, but I'm not, not, I'm not ready to come home yet. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to find this myself. And he ends up ending the call saying, I love you, Alfred. And then him and Lucy end up, you know, saying their farewells. And at the end, she kisses them on the cheek. And she's like, so long, my little knight. I hope you find what you're looking for. And we end up going over to the, uh, going back to America to Wayne matter. And we see Alfred sitting there listening to the message. And, you know, he's you know, listening through it, just on repeat talking about, I love you, Alfred. You know, this isn't forever. You know, I love you. This isn't forever. I love you, Alfred. And that's where the issue ends. I like how they made it seem so finale, even though you know it's not finale. That that's a lot of drama. That's wonderful. Yeah, and that's this is just you know this is like I said this is part three or ten. You know we've still got wherever he's going next, whether it's you know to Descard, to Rachel Gould, somebody else. You know it's super interesting to see where the. Uh, where the future, you know, how does, how does he become Batman? You know, who does he go to? You know, we know, uh, you know, like I said, Rachel Ghoul is still staying around there somewhere. Uh, Zatara Zatanna is still there. It's you know, weird. it's weird seeing him vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. You know, we saw that in the, uh, in the Batman movie too. You know, this is a bat, this is a, you know, he's still learning to be Batman. You know, he doesn't know, at this point, there's not even the thought process of I'm going to be Batman. God damn. You know, we just don't, we don't have that, you know, we don't, he doesn't have that finalized picture or even that, th- you know, that necessarily that thought process. He just, he wants to be more, he wants to help others, but he has no idea other than that, how to get there. But he's got the gunness. He's got the minefielding. He's 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 trying. When we get the detective, we get detective now. Which is, all right. 
Which is funny because now this is actually the uh, 1057. This is Batman's return to freaking Gotham City. 1057, like uh, like. So we haven't even finished the story and uh, with with old uh, Batman Incorporated yet, uh, which is fine. I, I can understand that. Well, like that story's good. We'll get to that. Uh, I really wish they had been able to finish that. I, I hope that it wasn't like a, an artist was not meeting his deadlines or something like that. I really feel this should have been wrapped up beforehand, before the before the return. Um, but uh, if you were booking a Fed, this is this is a F lister list, and like like uh, the the thing that really bothers me is that I feel that this entire Arkham Tower story uh -huh. is Tinian had the idea for it. Found out he could make more money on his own. Quit. They have a couple of ideas that, that he gave them. They ran with it. Didn't know what to do. That's why, like, the first, like, what, nine issues of all of this was is... Because it's weekly now. Um, yeah. Was them figuring out how to take his idea... And we don't know what we're going to do, so we're going to add, we're going to show you the ending, or, or parts of the ending beforehand, and we're going to figure it out on the way to, on the way there. And this was one of the first stories, uh, I would say like two issues ago, when, with Nakano's wife. I think that's the linchpin on this one. Because we see Nakano's wife, if I'm not mistaken, after the fact... With uh, Meridian. Yeah, with Chase, yeah. And it's over, but that only just got revealed. I feel like that only just got revealed like she's like having that uh, therapist session. I feel like they, they had a mess that they didn't know what to do with because Tinian left. Had some ideas. Obviously, they have to use anything that Tinian would use. And now we have, like, I was really pissed off when they brought the the Scarecrow back. I was like, fuck that. Like, we just put that to bed. <laughs> we just put that to bed. And now he's in control. He's got the mask. Um, like, like it, I felt it was such a... Not a cash grab, but more of like that's our best idea we got because uh, everyone was into the Scarecrow uh, Fear State story, so we're gonna use, use them again. Like, how did you feel when they brought Scarecrow back? No, I actually didn't mind it at all. I felt completely different. I freaking I thought this was, I thought this has been a freaking great continuation because freaking when you look at everything going on with all the emotions being handled and whatnot, like you're automatically going to think scarecrow anyway. I love the fact that they freaking brought back psycho pirate. Oh, that was awesome. And they, they made him Dr. Ware's friend. Yeah. Like, like they were just like, they were buddies outside of the fact that he's psycho pirate. Cause it's like how, you know, you're a super villain. How could you have friends? Of course you'd have friends that are as screwed up as you are. Uh -huh. 
absolutely. You know, and that totally made sense. You know, because the whole thing is that at the end of the day, this is this is legitimately a cash grab. That's all this this entire story is. This guy is just trying to hang on long enough to get the funding from Gotham City from Mayor Nakano using the fact that his wife is mentally ill to get the money. This is this entire freaking run since Tinian has left is legitimately a cash grab. And uh, that is phenomenal. The cash grab in terms of like in the story or cash grab yeah, in terms in the story. In, in the, the whole story. I just I'm gonna get the money and I'm gonna run. Yeah. We've just gotta last long enough. We've just gotta pull this con off long enough that we can get this money and get the fuck out of Gotham. We will never be back. <laughs> and freaking we're gonna screw you know, freaking the the mentally ill be damned. All I need you to do is use your powers freaking long enough, powerful enough to, get the to make everybody in this tower so I can get the money and we can get the hell out of here. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Freeze. I actually bumped into brilliant. you in the, in, in the lunch line. Oh, that's no problem, sir. I'm, I didn't mean to bump into you either. <laughs> the whole thing is we didn't know. And no, not one person is like, oh, my God, it's obviously Psycho Pirate. No, no, not, not one person was thinking that. <laughs> not at all. You know, and of course you're freaking. You know, you got Scarecrow. We just we just saw him in Fear State, but this isn't the typical <laughs> Joker story we've seen all year. Because everybody loves reusing the Joker. Freaking Fear State was great. I didn't. I didn't think the ending you know went off as well as as you did. But freaking, I you know I enjoyed Fear State for what it was. And you know why the hell else would you be there? Question. Okay. Is that really Harley Quinn? Yes. Like she like just made herself over the top Harley Quinn. No one believed it. Yep. <coughs> I, I actually really enjoyed that though. Because freaking how many how many fangirls or girls that go to cons yeah. Utilize Harley Quinn. Yeah, it's 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 taking a real life thing and making it into the comic books, yeah, and it worked. That was awesome. I, like I was hoping it was her. Uh, the way she was communicating with Oracle, I'm like, okay, did she get a communicator off somebody? Um, I, I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. That okay, it is Harley. Oh yeah, it oh, is. Oh yeah, Harley. no, definitely. You know, and that's the thing is, and plus the fact that this has been a freaking a bat family story instead of just being, you know, Batman, you know, we didn't, you know, this is the ninth issue that they've done. And this is the first one that's featured Batman in it. And he didn't show up till last issue when Scarecrow showed up and freaking threw Nightwing out of the freaking hundredth and tenth story of this building and freaking Batman caught him. My guts fell out of my asshole when that happened. I, I was literally legit 100% a fly on the wall watching that happen. I was that engrossed watching watching things go down when when Scarecrow threw him out. I was like, what? No! Like, like no! Yeah. Like, not even like a dodging in front of the bullet. Like, no. Like, it was like, there's nothing I can do. And yeah. I, it, like Babs is not on scene. 
Batwoman is downstairs. Batgirl is on the 13th floor. Huntress uh, is bleeding out in an elevator. In, in, in the elevator. Like, 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 that was genius. Like, like to, to, to build it to the point where you and I are that involved... And it's and like I'm loving this story. I don't think it's freaking. I don't think they're freaking picking up the pieces of what Tanian left. You know, I think there's definitely some talking between the parties and being like, "This is what I'm thinking." But like, I think this is a. I I love this story. I think this. Is, I think oh, this might I be do. up there. This is a great story. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I, I I'm just uh, like in terms of when. Where we were, like, I think I mentioned you in October, like, Tinian's done last mm-hmm. uh, issue of Jokers in fucking April or, or February. I, th- I think I said February. And like, uh, I really think that the beginning of the story, like, uh, I, they didn't do a bad job. You're right. You're right. I was worried they were going to do a bad job. Yeah. Um, I do feel that it was a scramble to fix things. Uh, or not, not, not fix things. Um, take over the story after like the the brain got removed because like yep. what, we had two years of Tinian. It's like it's this one of the best things in the world, man. Like in, in fifty years, when we're still doing minefields, we still have fear state. We still have future state. Like that. Like it was perfect. The, yeah, the, it was the, good. Freaking was great. We didn't question one goddamn thing. <laughs> now there was there was literally nothing that happened that Tinian did, uh, whether it was Tinian within Fear State and Future State, that we were like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> we're like, sign me up <laughs> every single yeah. issue. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, if it says Fear State on the uh, cover, make sure that it's in my pull button. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ed Ed even Ed will even because we got put Ed over as usual Uh, I know you like McFarlane and uh, there's a variant cover I know you're not too big on the variant covers but this is a McFarlane homage to Spider-Man yeah go put it in there (laughs) thank you thank you thank you Ed thank you thank you thank you you. (laughs) but I know we finally like I said we finally see Batman entering the tower Freaking, we've got the uh, the party crashers freaking in there. Fucking asshole. Yeah, pretty much. You know, we've got a uh, we've got Mayor Nakano's wife, Kiyoki. Kiyoku, Kiyoki. Sorry, I'm not familiar with the name, but her and Psycho Pirate are you know trying to protect each other, while at the same time they're stuck with uh Jonathan Crane, the Scarecrow. As well as, uh, I'm trying to remember, I cannot remember this girl's name to save my life. Freaking, uh. I'm spacing too, man. Anna Volsion. Anna Volsion. You know, who's got you know the scars on her face and knives. Oh, dude, I love her. She's the, uh, I'm really looking forward to more to her. Uh, have you heard of her she, before this? I've never heard of her. I have not. This. I think she, I'm, 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 I'm pretty positive she's a Batwoman villain from the way they've presented her so far. I, I like her spiel. Like like anyone that ever tried to control me was a man. All the all the and it it, it kind of hit home to me, man. Um, 
I'll tell you off camera, but um. Gotcha. I'll tell you off camera, but it 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 hit home. Understood. But yeah, no, we got a, you know, Kiyoku Kiyoki's trying to wake up Psycho Pirate because you know, try to you know, help him try, help her try to escape. You know, and the Bat family's trying to clear floors. You know, we got Stephanie Brown and Tim Drake helping you know people get out. While at the same time, we've got the Penguin sending in his troops because he gave a uh, Doctor Ware a substantial loan to set this up. Substantial seen, loan. Yeah, and he hasn't seen any return on his investment as of yet. And he tells him, you know, kill get the, everybody. Get the drugs. Get the fuck out. Yep. Kill everybody. Yeah, I've never seen Penguin do a kill everyone before. Yeah. Doesn't matter if if it's not us, kill him. Exactly. You know, we've got Harley, Harley Quinn, and a couple of uh, you know patients in the uh, in the pharmacy, and she's they're trying to protect the uh, protect the drugs from the party crashers, and the party crashers have guns that are shooting out fear toxin. You know, and as they, you know, as they start shooting at them, you know, Lady Clay is apparently also in Arkham. Oh, that was gnarly. I didn't, I did not see that coming at all. Like that was, oh, yeah. that was amazing. Like the, the way she just sucked up all the, the poisonous fear gas and did like, it, it didn't even affect her. Like, like, it, it, nope. like, like she just floated off and just absorbed it and just let it out in the, the night sky. Like the uh, fucking 89 Batman with the, the balloons. Just, she yeah. just sucked up and, that was cool. That was fucking really cool. That was such yeah, a... Yeah, it was. And it's interesting to see, like, they've been using Lady Clayface a lot recently. Like, she was very big a few issues ago before Tinian left. So I'm interested to see if they're going to freaking keep using her and, like, make her how they had uh, when they first brought back Detective in Rebirth with uh, Basil Carlo. Joining the Bat family, I'm interested if they're gonna have uh, Lady Clayface hang around for a little bit. That's a great point. Or at least fit into a another solid Bat book, possibly. It, it, it has the to. next Birds of Prey, perhaps. Oh my God, I would love, man. Many DC years or Batgirls. Now I want to see Gil Simone come back with um, Birds of Prey. Because Birds of Prey, uh, um, post Blackest Night, it, it was so solid. Everything Gail Simone did was so, everything was money, cash money. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the things that I wanted to, uh, uh, was that you on this one before we move on, brother? Ah, but we got we got quite a bit left. Freaking, we got you know, Anna or is gonna kill Kiyoki and freaking Psycho Pirate, but she's you know stopped by Huntress, who's still dealing with the voices in her head post uh, her meeting with uh, Vile, where right. she can now see people before they they get murdered. Well, we got Batman confronting Bat, the Bat family confronting Scarecrow, but is they're stopped by Huntress 
Kiyoki and Psycho Pirate. And then freaking uh, Cassandra Kane, Batgirl, kicks the, uh, kicks the mask off of Scarecrow, which is actually Psycho Pirate's mask. The Medusa mask? And, well, the Medusa mask, yep. You know, and then at the end, we see freaking Kiyoki don the Medusa mask. And we're going to see if she can get some powers off of it. Well, my my confusion on this is I see her uh, talking about this, if I'm not mistaken, post the entire thing happening with Chase Meridian. Yes. So, it's already over, but we see some flashes in the future of her talking about the experience that she had in the uh, Arkham Tower uh, experience. So, obviously, yes. she lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just want to make sure I wasn't just, like, not over-reading something. I don't know. That's what, that's what it definitely appears, you know, unless freaking that might be... Because uh, everything's kind of... Everyone's been so confused with freaking Psycho Pirate's abilities, you know? That nobody really knows what's real and what's not anymore. Okay, so... But I definitely, I mean, I, I definitely agree. That's what it looks like is that, you know, she does live and she speaks with Dr. Meridian later on, but we're just not, don't know where that'll be. If that'll be in Arkham Tower or somewhere else. Obviously, I, once this is done, I'd assume it'll be somewhere else. I feel like a swerve is coming on. Well, we're leading into the conclusion. So it'll be real interesting to see what happens. You know, does. Does you know Kiyuki save you know end up saving the day? You know if she doesn't have powers in and of herself, does it even matter if she dons the mask? Yeah. Because I always thought of the mask as more of like an amplifier. Yeah, like like uh, some sort of receiver amplifier uh, absorber. Like it, it, like I can imagine the why he was so stressed and tired. Um. You ever been on the jazz that long, when, like, or you've been on the drive that long, like, we get it, we have a destination to go to, but, like, if something interrupts it, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, like, no, we just need to go to bed, but then you've got something else to do, and, like, like it just interrupts, like, it's a harsh interruption, and mm-hmm. he's got that mask, but then Kiki's got it now, and what is she gonna do? Like, like, are, are we gonna get, like, a, um... Honestly, man, like, what bothers me about some Bat books is that, especially within Detective and Batman, specifically, if it happens Mm -hmm. within those pages, it's canon. You gotta be very careful where you tread, and what you write, and what you put out into the ether. Because if she's about to do something, some some crazy-ass shit... You can really ruin something or really make it good, but like, like, um, I'm trying to think of something like this, like, an idea in my head that when I can't remember what writer it was. Oh, 
when Conan O'Brien left The Simpsons. Okay. He uh, was the head writer, head producer, some of the most iconic episodes of all time were Conan O'Brien. Okay. But when he left, he had a folder of random ideas he had. And any, and this is so left field. Any large sandwich jokes in the Simpsons post Conan O'Brien being there were all in his folder of large sandwich jokes. <laughs> um, He's had a folder of large sandwich jokes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And and, and uh, uh, ab homonyms like, like all this random shit that he just had jokes for that he couldn't hadn't put into a story yet. That he just thought were funny. That he just thought were funny, and it, it belonged to them. I wrote it for you guys. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm go be the uh, uh, host of uh, Late Night. But he left a folder of ideas for them. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a uh, folder of Tinian, of Tinian in this because this is too good. Uh, I, I still say it was a scramble to figure out what we're going to do. Until we figure out the story and we get things, uh, the artists and the the new writers on hand, but we got a Tinian folder. Does that make sense? I. It's definitely possible. I don't. I just don't see it. Like I just don't. Like there's the scarecrow thing, and there's like there's definitely some continuing storyline ideas, like Huntress and Vile and all that. But like the first thing they did was take Batman out of Gotham. Yeah, but we knew that was going to happen way before that. Yeah. I just don't... I think it's a good continuation. I don't... Like, Tinian, Tinian was great. Tinian's awesome. You know, you could definitely... I'm definitely a huge fan. But I don't necessarily... Like, you can definitely tell there's like a, a little bit of a tonal switch. Yeah. And freaking... It's not the worst thing. Like it's, like I wasn't a like I I enjoyed most of Tom King's run for the most part. Oh no, I I, I did too. But you like know, I, Tinian, Tinian's was different and it was fun and it was, you know, I would say it was better. Yeah, but it was definitely a good solid run and I think this one's, you know, got the potential to be an awesome run. It, it does, it does. But with Tinian, it was like, like where with King, it was like okay, we're gonna have some burgers and. Or Mama got got home late, and we're gonna get some hungry man meals from Kid Cuisines. Okay, that's fine with some extra spice. You know, just being a good mama. But with Tinian, it was like, what are we eating tonight? Salmon, Brussels sprouts. What is this shit? I never had anything as good. Like everything we had with Tinian was a, a, a five course fucking gourmet meal, and I can see your. Um, apprehension to me talking about the the scramble to get things together but goddamn they're doing a goddamn good job well they are they're doing i think they're doing a good job so far man i think everything's like i said you're taking i like the idea of taking out these you know taking in these you know third string fourth string characters like psycho pirate who you know it's kind of like how freaking when they did uh War jokes and riddles. It brought Kite Man a lot of legitimacy. Yeah, he did. Because you could relate to him, you know. And freaking, you know, this is this could be 
a seminal psycho pirate story where you're like, this guy's been around for how long? You know, same thing we've talked over and over with off screen about freaking uh, Ten-Eyed Man. Yeah. You know, nobody cares about Ten-Eyed Man. No, nobody cared about Ten-Eyed Man at all. No one cared and about Ten-Eyed Man at all. And then freaking, we got Arkham, and it was like, oh, wow. This dude is creepy. We have to have This whole story is creepy. We need every first appearance. We need, like, we, we, we went totally on the jazz for that guy. Um, yeah. What what a you know. fun accident, man! Like like, like uh, two years ago, if if you came back from the future and said y'all are gonna be all about tenant man, we'd have been like fuck you. <laughs> like like, like you know, I probably would have been like who? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, same thing with uh, Nocturna joining the Suicide Squad. Ooh, you good, know, good, great point, friend. Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, she's freaking, she's awesome. And freaking, we've got the whole thing with her and Match, who I didn't even know was a character <laughs> yeah. until Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, freaking, I mean, Suicide Squad is great for that. You know, they're always, you know, utilizing CD, F-less characters and maybe the occasional A or B, B, you know, squad member. But, like, freaking, you know, the they've really kind of made it a point to, to like, you know, certain writers and certain books are like, who else can I dig up that nobody else is thinking about? You know, well, kind of like, kind of like James Gunn and suicide squad or the suicide squad. You're, you're, you're Freaking, reading, you're reading my we're gonna mind. Use, we're going to use polka dot man. You're reading my we're gonna mind. We're going to use weasel. We're gonna use like savant I knew about, but, but, but freaking like we, we're, that's only because I watched you know freaking Suicide Squad from freaking uh, New Fifty Two and Rebirth. We're on the way back on our second trip from uh, Lubbock, and we're just trying to keep each other awake. And we go into the history of Peacemaker. None of us could have anticipated like a, a late night three a.m. like Peacemaker is the best TV show that's ever happened of all time. <laughs> Like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Definitely the best intro. That's no doubt about that. No, like, we, we, we were on the jazz, man. Like, like it was a 3 a.m. call. Like, this is the best TV show that's ever happened. This is the coolest thing ever. It's John Cena. He's not even doing, like, like, like he, he was so good in that he erased the can't see me. Like, like, like of all the, uh, the shit we saw on, on uh, like, talk shows, he's wearing the mask, he's still in the suit, and... Yeah, well, that makes sense. Like, like we never thought that Peacemaker would be one of the best things ever. Like, like yeah. we we slaved over that show. I, I think I watched every single episode like probably four times. Yeah. Just, 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 uh, like pretty much every time I watched it, I restarted it. Because mm-hmm. I knew Tony Morales was gonna grill my ass if I didn't m- make the mark on something. And then he turns around and then he turns around and introduces us to Vigilante, another freaking F list freaking super feeling slash hero slash awesomeness. Now I'm I'm glad you brought up the F list because uh, as we wind down here, I want to bring it back to New Era. Okay. We had a debut uh, at last show that didn't go as well as we wanted it to. Okay. Not his fault. 
It happens. Sometimes uh, your uh, your match doesn't go the way you want it to. Okay, that's fine. Villy comes out and gets the biggest pop I've ever seen at a newer show. I've been in a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Villy 5.1 or 5.2? 5.2. He's laying these punches in the people. I'm running production and I have trouble holding the camera because I, I'm marking. Full marking out. The punches. Yep. And I'm like, is half this crowd his family? There's no way this, the, like, the, the new era faithful. And by the way, is that where the, we laid it on? Because I looked at you and you didn't see me because you were in the in the, in the the zone. Uh, is that where we landed on? Because you landed on that a few times. New era faithful. I dig it. I, I dig think it's it. fun. I dig it. I loved it. I loved it. New era faithful. And the crowd, hungry for good professional wrestling, got every every inch, every uh, dime, every penny, every uh, whatever demarcation of money you you want to. Every inch of that seat was losing it for Billy. And yeah. we've got dudes that are three times as big as Philly. Easily. 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 Back to what we're talking about. Suicide Squad. Yeah, these are F-listers, Z-listers, whatever you want to say it. He came out and he nailed it. Yep. He nailed it. There's no such thing as nobody in wrestling just because he's not as big as the rest of the guys. Doesn't mean shit. No, you're right. I mean, freaking, he went out there, freaking, you know, whether it was because freaking so many people were all about him or not, he freaking went out of his way to deliver and he freaking knocked one out of the park. You know, he was on, on one of our first shows, freaking had a decent match for what it was, freaking, but, you know, wasn't anything overly insane but you know he definitely made it a point to uh, try to secure himself a roster spot uh, at this show and he definitely you know knocked it out of the park he sold a lot more tickets than a lot of the other uh, gentlemen gentle ladies uh, did yeah no he definitely he definitely Brought some people. There are definitely some people out there wearing his shirts, you know. But thing about it is, at the end of the, it, wasn't just about the people he brought. It was the people that he connected with in that match. It was the crowd loved him. People that barely knew him, they just they lost it. Like uh, Jeff showed me a video um, that one of his family members took, where he was laying to Cody. Just those punches, they just connected. There was there's yep. no such thing as kayfabe. There's no such thing as fucking sports entertainment. It was Villy knocking the dog shit out of a guy. <laughs> that was, on all points of account, much bigger, more stronger than him, but it didn't matter. He had yeah. a gun. His punches landed. Like, it, it, like 
I had very much trouble holding the camera during that match. And just to bring it into perspective, you never know. You never know. Don't be some idiot that only wants to watch the the Hulk beat up the abomination. Don't be some closed-minded asshole that just wants to watch the Wolverine slash someone's throat or some new origin story for him. Keep your mind open to the new guys that have good stories to tell. People you can relate to. People you can connect with. He was out there. I remember watching him um, at uh, halftime. He was all about it. He was all about it. Making sure he was all about talking to people, shaking hands, signing shit. He had his own shirts, all that good shit. And I'm not saying that he's not worth it. What I'm saying is, is that you don't know what's worth it. You don't yeah. know. You don't know. You don't know. If you're Johnny Come Lately, that's fine. Buy a shirt, shake his hand, get some shit signed. You saw it when it happened, or you believed in him when he was needing someone to believe in him. Great. It's wrestling. Find yeah. your person, invest. And come to a new era. Uh, come check us out. Freaking, like you said, April 9th, freaking Mile High on Jason Street. Freaking world's largest comic book store, you know. Freaking, we got indie wrestling, we got comic books, we got freaking, we got food. We got food, we got chips. Hopefully we got, uh, I, I hope I hope we inspired Candace to come back, man. She was on the jam afterwards, too, man. I, I, got, I got a, uh, Come on, girls, let's go take a photo. Do we have to? Yeah, Bridget wants photos, you guys. Um, we get back to the uh, area where I got all the the lights and the, the white screen. And What should we do? And they start, like, titty-touching, just joking. I'm not being, I'm not being vulgar. They're, they're like, and I'm holding Bridget in one hand, and I, my finger just immediately just starts... Hitting the button, <laughs> and she didn't get one photo. Bridget knew. Just let him just joke. <laughs> Got a good photo of them. Like uh, I'll take care of you. Like uh, they're like we're about we're worried about this. I'm like don't don't worry about it. I know what I do. Got an amazing photo of Candace and Irene. Just. Beautiful. They 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 are so stunning, beautiful, strong women. Just just being friends. It's one of my favorite photos I've ever taken. However, nice, nice. Bridget failed me when they were doing the jokey stuff. It happens. Is it my turn? Yeah, one of them all. Oh yeah, it's definitely your turn. Minefielders, call on Josh at minefieldscomicpodcast.com, find us on Instagram, Facebook, we don't do TikTok, but we do Twitter, just posting the shows, 
This transmission is over. And this is especially dangerous. Good night.